Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Kershaw Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist to the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. It's okay, right? I think most people, would you agree most people don't know better than to place too much into the first game of the NBA season, right? Most people, mm, is that not right? This town's pretty dramatic. Yeah. A lot of ebbs and flows. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't do it. Now I will, I will say, say we are less dramatic with the Grizzlies than we are with the Tigers, but the Tiger Tiger like basketball in general, we go yeah. dramatic. We I'll say it was dramatic. the worst opener I can remember for the Grizzlies since the last uh the last one before John Morant came, which was I was there. It was uh they were in Indiana. Grizzlies, oh yeah, and yeah. And they got just yeah. m- Absolutely. Just remember, Chandler Parsons started. It was J.B. Bickerstaff's ended up being his last season. Ended up being the last opener with Mark and Mike on the floor. Um, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. And ultimately, I remember watching that game and going, oh, man, should I overreact to this? Like, this doesn't look good. And then, remember, they started like 12-5 and five or something. They ended up starting 12-5. But I, then, they, I remember then like, everything went to hell. It was, it was almost like it was like right before Thanksgiving. And they were like the number one team in oh, the and it NBA. Was like, and it was like, the, and then they went. They lost like a Clippers game the Friday after Thanksgiving. I think that was the same day the Tigers played Houston in football. 
There was like that week where I think Shelvin it was the match. I think it was the the first match, Tiger versus Phil. <laughs> like it was, and they went to the Clippers and like they blew a big lead, and then after that, like they lost like thirty games. <laughs> yeah, it was like no. Remember, it was Shelvin Mack tearing it up, and Omri Caspi did a sham god at one point, I think. Uh, but nonetheless, we don't think it was that bad. We have to today's. Today, usually we start with the tasting menu on Thursday, but I think we do have to grapple with this question of was last night's first Grizzlies game foreboding or do you just throw it out? It's the first game. What do you do with it? I I really hope we come to the conclusion of we just throw it out and see what happens. But I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think the the key question with last night is was last night – a bad night, mm-hmm. or was it the revealing of a team that is currently bad, given how it's constructed? I think that is the legitimate question. You know what I think would be a good exercise to start today's show? I let's We have overreaction Monday where we actually have overreactions. I think we need to debate some of these over... I'm going to throw out some hypothetical overreactions, and you tell me if they're legitimate. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start today's show. We're going to break down the Grizzlies. Eric Hasseltine is going to join us at 240 also. He was there calling the game for 92.9 FM ESPN um, and the Grizzlies radio network. He will we'll get his thoughts on the Grizzlies. I'll let you know. It was very apparent to me about mm, halfway through the second quarter, I was not going to need to sprint in this morning to cut up his highlights. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well... We'll talk to Eric later this hour. 3 o'clock, we will do the tasting menu where we will decide what Jeffrey will have on his four TVs this weekend. Uh, another big weekend. Well, you know what? It's kind of a – it feels like we're – It's a, there's a couple good college football games. but Doesn't it feel like it's almost like a holding pattern weekend in college football? Yeah, it's not a great college football weekend. It's like next week. Then we're going to get to November and it'll be good, you know, but – it's like the, holding pattern. The weekend potentially in two weeks could yeah. be nuts. Yes. Um, but, yes, I do agree with you. This feels like there's a few good games like in the – like Utah-Oregon. Like I'm I'm interested in that. But it's not – this isn't a drop-everything-you're-doing weekend. And then it's not a good weekend for the NFL. We have one probably okay game. Yeah. Cincinnati-San Francisco. This feels like are we going to – it feels like on when we come back on Monday in the NFL, is Boom going to talk about it being spooky season for a lot of good teams that got mm-hmm. that got scared? Yeah, who's for real coming into November? Right. Well, uh, Halloween weekend. Like, yeah, Halloween. Yeah, you're right. Spooky stuff happens. Yeah, it's not it's not a classic uh, sports weekend for Halloween, but we'll figure out what Jeffrey's going to be watching this weekend, nonetheless. And then Jason Smith will join us. I'll uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Grizzlies. Tigers uh, had their first exhibition game this weekend, so. Uh, That'll uh, be fun for Tiger basketball to get going as well. But, Jeffrey, let's start with the Grizzlies. They lose to the Pelicans 111-104. Dropped to 5-18 in in openers uh, uh, all time um, due to the Grizzlies. And, all right, so I'm going to throw out some – because the problem with last night was – and the reason why I think there's – you're apt to go – Man, this didn't just feel like one loss. Why you might be inclined to do that is all the things you, like, feared could go. Like, the things you were worried about, oh, they proved to be something you should have been worried about, right? At least in that game. 
And if you go through this, rebounding very clearly. Like, they got dominated on the glass, as you would expect. And I'm not sure that's going to change all that much until you make changes to the personnel. Um, I think you're just going to have to live with that on a night-to-night basis at this point. Um, But we thought they were going to shoot a lot of threes. They did. We feared, uh uh-oh, what if they don't make a lot of threes? We saw a lot of elite shot taking last night. Yes. Um, Pretty much all the young guys were underwhelming, I'd say. Some were invisible and some were just underwhelming. Zaire was okay in moments, but by and large, you know, wasn't a factor. And same with Roddy, like okay in moments, but by and large not a factor. And then LaRavia was a non-factor, it felt like. And um, Kenny Lofton couldn't even get in the game, despite how depleted the the lineup was. Particularly in the front court. Which was a bad sign for his future with the franchise, I think. Um, Certainly did not feel like a good sign. Yeah. Um, So all those things, you know, all those things that you feared could be the downfall of this team. Well, on last night, proved to be the downfall of this team. Desmond Bain. Oh, and then you could add on, they just kind of in general looked very, like, looked disjointed. Looked like a team that hadn't really played much together, ultimately. Um, And then, I guess we have to also add in, I don't even think I necessarily expected this or feared this, but Jaron had a bad game, also offensively. Offensively, yeah, he was fine defensively. He had a, he, he did a good job defensively. No, he was he was. I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence when Jaron went off the floor, the the Pelicans' offense immediately started looking unstoppable. Yeah, he was a non. Well, the reality is, given their situation, he can't be a. Non, it's a bad game if he's a non-factor offensively. Yeah, <laughs> like that count. It doesn't matter what he does defensively in the current situation they're in. If he's a non-factor offensively, that is a bad game for him. He cannot allow that to happen. Yeah. I know, like, they did some things doubling him, and Jenkins can probably do a better job getting him the ball in certain spots. Like, you know. Mark, we're in football season. It's called scheming him open. Yeah, scheming him open. But he also can't allow that to happen. He, You know, like, it just he, – he's at a point in his career, and I think he knows it. Like, I, I'm sure – I think we'll get a better – these next two games will get a better game from Jaron. I – I don't think that is one thing from that game that I'm like, eh, I'm willing to look over that. He had a bad offensive game. He'll he'll be better, I think. Um, but that would be why you would kind of overreact to this and go, ooh, boy. Because I will say, particularly when you were watching the second unit, you were going, oh boy, like this is not. This, they keep saying next man up. I don't like what the next man up looks like here. <laughs> like you know. No, I mean, to me, the the game was decided by the second quarter, when when it was largely the second unit, and I mean, they mm-hmm. got absolutely yeah, and they never used. did come back. Like, yeah. they, you know, they can't they cut it to eight a couple times, and had a chance like in the last minute to kind of cut it to five, I think, at one point, right? So I, I forget who I think shot. They could have technically cut it to four. four. I think they were down seven, and they took a three and missed, and yeah, yeah. that was all she wrote. And the, yeah, so, um, but it's game one of eighty two. I think. They'll look better. I, I think it's gonna, but I think what last night did underscore is that it's gonna be hard. Like this season's gonna be harder than the past couple. I still think they can put together a decent season, particularly if they make the right move. You know, but I think I think they're gonna have to make a trade, and I think 
but I think it's just, I think it's just gonna be harder to be the type of team they want to be this year, given the circumstances they're now facing. I mean, I think on two levels, last night felt like one of two realities for me. To your original point, it looked like a team that found out on Sunday they were going to be out their starting center. Yeah. And and someone that's a key part of starting their offense. I I think that that is clear. I think also on the other end, though, you you have to accept this reality. They missed open shots. They shot horribly. Yeah, they really did. They really did. And it's not just because I do think it's it's one thing if Xavier Tillman goes one for five from three. Mm-hmm. Because let's be clear, I'm not sure. Like on I don't the, want him shooting threes. on the decision I don't chart. A this. good shot. No, shot. they're like, telling. To be fair to Tillman, I, I agree. They're telling him to do it, and I, I just don't. And I'm not. I get it. In theory, it makes sense. But watching it out on the court, it doesn't make sense for him to be shooting threes. With that said, though, Kennard going 0 for 5. Yeah. I now mean, you, now you might not have him for a couple games. Who knows what, you know. That 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 looked he, like broken nose central. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but he didn't come back. I just know, having broken my nose, that looks, that the way Maybe the Maybe he can blood, wear a mask. Maybe wear a mask tomorrow or something. Bar Jake's goggles. <laughs> glasses. But. If you go and you look and you sort on the NBA shot chart, like the shot dashboard, mm-hmm. Mark, on open threes, yeah. they were 5 of 21. I'm Ugh. talking wide open. Yeah. I This is no defender within six feet. Like They typically, on a bad night, are still going to shoot somewhere around 40% on those. Mm-hmm. 5 of 21. Yeah. On open shots, period, mm-hmm. they were sub 50%. <laughs> They yeah. were one for ten in transition. I, to, to your point, I, I am not one of those who's going to like. I, I'm not panicked in the sense that like I, I still think there is a path. That, like I'm not based off one game. I'm not going to eliminate them from the playoff discussion or anything like that. Um, now I do also think it's important. To I did think it illustrated they got. They're going to have to do some things though. Well, let's take the shooting before we get to that point. It's also important to note. They might have shot poorly from the field. Forget the threes, because I think the threes were. Well, I think I, I here's the reality. I think New Orleans defense was catered to. We'll give up the open three. I think it was catered to two things. It was catered to we will give up Xavier Tillman in the paint. Mm-hmm. If he beats us, he beats us. And I think it was catered to we will give up wide open threes to certain guys. Yeah. And the Grizzlies obliged. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's also important to note. Maybe they were not as effective shooting because of the amount of shots they had to take from guys that you would typically not want taking a ton of shots. Yeah. Now, and then I, I would say this: this would be my last sort of like eh, this. This is you have to think about this at least coming out of last night, and I, and then I want to get into some of the things I really I think are I, I'm going to spin this positive, Jeffrey, but. I don't think it was a great night for Zach Kleiman. Like, I'm not, like, and maybe this will come off harsh, but, like, I think last night kind of illustrated, again, I'm not saying, like, the front office has done a bad job. By all means, by all means, they've done a great job, ultimately, if you look at the grand scheme of their tenure, this current front office. But this now appears to have been the second offseason in a row where he made 
like a, a strategic pretty, blunder. Yeah, pretty not blunder, but just a, a mistake. Like ultimately made the wrong decision. Um, and you know, everyone can set. You know, like ultimately, I'm doing Monday morning quarterback here. It's like hindsight 2020. But like the fact I pointed this out when we found out about the Adams injury earlier this week. In retrospect, the fact that they didn't add another legitimate big man to this roster when it appears Brandon Clark's not going to be available all year, and it appears now that, like, there were some significant questions about, you know, exactly what Steven Adams was going to be able to give you this year. Like, it looks like a bet, you know, and I don't even think it's – in. I look back on, you know, it starts really with the decision to sign Kenny Lofton, Kenneth Lofton Jr., to that full contract at the end of last season because you were depleted going into the playoffs and they're not using him at all in the playoffs. Like, you didn't actually need to do that. And I guess you felt like you had to as a precaution in case you ran into a situation. But now that's one thing. If, like, ultimately it was the playoffs and – you know, you you just needed him as an emergency if so, like a bunch of guys got in foul trouble. Well, now we're in this dire situation at the start of this year, and you're still not willing to play him. And I can understand there's probably legitimate reasons for not playing him. Like it, it sure seems like he is being punished for not showing up in shape to yes. training camp. Like it seems like that. And I don't know if punished is the right word. I think they might be justified in feeling like, what the hell, man. Like, you know, I mean, you had had an incredible opportunity and we told you to come in shape. You didn't show up in shape. Yes, I I can see. But I also, but but more so, I look at climbing in that, like, now, like, it's just kind of a wasted roster spot. And, like, my guess is based on what I saw, like, this could be be a big overreaction, maybe. But, like, if you had to, if you had asked me today, Kenneth Lofton's future with this franchise. I think whatever big guy they get in a week for that extra roster spot, by the time John Morant returns from his suspension, they're going to value that big guy they get in a week more than they do Lofton, and they're going to release Kenneth Lofton in order to keep that the big guy they signed they signed next week. I think that's what's going to happen. That would be my guess today. I I suspect that you're correct. I do also think. I think Jenkins has a couple of rotation decisions he'd like to have back mm. from last night. Well, Laravia, you, I don't like, and then well, this is goes back to the the climbing point though. So you got that part of it very clearly to me. There was a miscalculation this offseason. A big man well, needed let, to be signed. Let's, let's take it one of two ways. If what Zach Lowe wrote on was it Monday? Time stands. I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was yesterday. Yeah. The Adams scuttlebutt was all like around. Something wasn't right with Adams. It was Correct. like something people in the league were talking about for months is how he described Correct. it. Correct. So one of two things either happened. Number one, either you were unaware that those conversations were happening, which I would also argue not a great sign. Mm-hmm. Or you were in the position of you also knew this was a risk. And you also had the additional information that Brandon Clark had another procedure. Yeah. And you also are well aware. Which made it much less likely you're going to get him back. Like, remember, at now, the end of last season, the thought was, maybe you know, maybe after the the trade deadline, you'll it, get Brandon Clark. Post-All-Star break. Remember that? Yeah. Now, I suppose it's entirely possible 
that the when you started to actually realize this was the reality, it might have been too late. Yeah. But I think to your point, if it was even something of a possibility, you should have planned. Like I think there should have been foresight to get, like we need another. Like again, it doesn't. It didn't have to be a sexy signing. We were we were we were joking about the Phoenix Sun signing Drew Eubanks for two years, five million. Well, they and getting, and I mean, getting, in fairness, you wouldn't even have the opportunity to sign Drew Eubanks because there was tampering involved. Like he was headed to the Suns. No, like, all you had to do was look at Adam Zagoria's tweet. Even from, having Drew Eubanks would be very useful right now. But go look at Adam Zagoria's tweet the other day in which he listed all the Duke players in the NBA. Like yeah. just. Just go go back to your number one move of go find a big off that. So there's that. And then it's the other part of, like, all these young guys that you need to step up at least for one night. Like, I, I'm not super hopeful, you know? And, the like, you know, like that that's several draft picks that have not just not worked out, and it's going to force your hand that you are now, like, to I think to really be a relevant team – you're gonna have to make a move this year that maybe you weren't anticipating, anticipating making, and now you're gonna have to make it from a point of kind of like weakness in the sense that everyone knows you got to make a move. You are not and you're, gonna you're have, back in the same position that you're not gonna have the upper hand that the you leverage. had bad luck with last year at the all at the trade deadline when everyone knew you wanted to upgrade from Dylan Brooks and you couldn't get it done because everyone knew it and they knew you know and they well came. it also seemed like everyone's price was very yeah high. I I don't. I actually don't fault them on that. Like I think they tried. No, I don't fault them, but it's a bad position to be in. And they and the ultimately last time it probably was just forced on them that position. Like the, having to go, you know, like ultimately like they just reached a point where they needed an upgrade at that wing position. This was it feels like a little more self-inflicted, you know? A little yeah, bit. Yeah, Again, no, and I, no, no, it I, doesn't make him a bad GM. It just that's why that's the my point is it's just kind of a kind of a bad night for him in the sense that he's in a he's backed into a corner and it's gonna be interesting to see how he how he maneuvers out of this because it's very clear, like to me, they can stay afloat, but like that's not what the aim is with this franchise right now, long you know, for an entire season. It's not just like get by. It should be like we gotta we gotta figure out how to get back in the mix. I think though there's also a legitimate question of how much of last night beyond just poor shooting. Because I do actually be like this is not going to be a good rebounding team. I think mm-hmm. we can just acknowledge that. I do think the rebounding numbers got out of hand mm-hmm. based solely on the amount of misses. And it yeah. wasn't even it wasn't just the threes. Mark, they were missing layups, they were missing like bunnies. And those are just shots that are just not going to be rebounded. And further, I do think there is a legitimate issue of you're breaking in a new point guard in Marcus Smart. Yeah. He clearly... He's still getting used to playing he with was all not, guys. He was not best shape of his life. We know he missed time during camp. Yeah. And there might be just an adjustment period because guess what? He hasn't played with these guys. Like I don't think they are going to go in the tank these twenty five games. I think they're going to be okay. But I also it's think just, there's a legitimate question of like they've even when the Grizzlies have been good and the Pelicans have just been meh. It's never been a great matchup. No, I will say though, it didn't feel like the Pelicans played great either. No, I actually think that was the most disheart- they had twenty one turnovers. They had twenty one turnovers. I made the joke last night. I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe that league pass ranking wasn't wrong. 
Because imagine if you were flipping through last night and what, I don't know, how many teams played. It felt like it felt like everyone except the teams that played on Tuesday or yeah. whatever, Wednesday played last night. Tuesday. Tuesday played last night. If you were flipping through and you're like, oh, Grizzlies, Pelicans, I would have been like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm, get this off my TV. This, yeah. is, this is gross. <laughs> this is sick. All right. Now I'm going to spin this positive. All right. Okay. As you pointed out, one, I do think there's a move out there to be made. And I think they are, once Ja comes back, if they can add the right big man via trade, I think they can be right back in the mix. I do believe that. I'm I'm, I'm not out. I, I want to be very clear. I am closer to thinking last night was, was a, a bad night. Not a fluke, but it was a bad night. Bad night. Yeah, I think... I think you could be. I, I think you could be proven true. And I think, think that we could see them. I think we could see Denver kind of not take them seriously tomorrow night, and them come out and like make a bunch of threes and maybe beat Denver. Now, I am also open to the idea of I'm not just going to sit here and blindly go. There weren't areas of concern. Mm-hmm. To your point about the young guys, like. If David Roddy's going to get significant minutes at the four, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of what happened last night. People putting bigs on him and just going, go over the top of him. Yeah. Now, spin this positive. One, I thought Desmond Bain looked really good. Yeah. Even though he missed, he, he could have had a, like, 40-plus game if he just made some of the chippy layups he missed, to be quite honest. I agree. I'm also not going to hold him responsible for last night. No, no, if, no, no, no. If we no, no, were no. doing the, he played great. He if played we were great. doing a tell the truth Tuesday instead of, or maybe a tell the truth Thursday, I would have dismissed. I, I do like how everyone just as quickly, Desmond Bain's going to be an All Star this year, and I was like, he could have an All Star type caliber year. year. Yeah, like I think everyone like completely ignores the complexities of making the All Star team. Yes, no, I <laughs> like it's crazy. But, Desmond Bain's an All Star, and it's like. Well, like he's definitely not going to rank highly in the fan vote. What are the is the Grizzlies record going to be? Is it going to be like a is it going to be the type of record where he has that basically he wins a tie over someone because the Grizzlies are so good and they need an all-star? That seems unlikely this year. You know, I, like but it's, see, I actually don't I'm with you. I do not care about whether or not and I, I'm for Des if Des if that's an accomplishment he wants by all means. I would love to see him honored. I don't care whether or not he gets selected for LeBron's party weekend. You just want the numbers but to be I, worthy he, of it. If he is an you all-star. You want to be able to go reasonably say, they snubbed him. Correct. Yeah. Because if he's that, then yeah. awesome. That's yeah. all I care about. Yeah. And then this is my last spin positive. This might be the – I was thinking about this last night as it was going on. And we've talked about it on the show. When Ja has come back previously. Yeah. And it's been – a little awkward initially because, like, especially that two years ago when they were, like, really good without him. And remember that first game against Oklahoma City at home and he and he, 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 he said, said he felt awkward because they had beaten Oklahoma City by a record amount a few weeks earlier. Defense. And then they come back. Yeah, they came Defense. back. Defense. They come the funniest moments. They come back and lose to them in Jaws' return. And he kind of gets into it with someone. He said he got into it with someone on the sideline. Yeah, he made that up. <laughs> Regardless. No, um, no one has said in this day and age where everything is filmed. Mark, you should know as a Michigan man, everything's filmed. <laughs> we do not have any actual confirmation that that occurred. But that, to your point, was weird. Yeah, it was weird. It's always and like last year when he came back from the suspension, it was like he had trouble kind of, 
you know, he asserting himself because of everything that had happened, I guess. Like, he never was quite the same when he returned. Jeffrey, if indeed, like, it's going to be, like, kind of a little bit of a struggle like it felt like last night for these first 25 games, like, let's say, you know, like I heard Jason and John saying, like, they're just hoping they go 12-13 and 13 during this 25-game stretch. I don't know if that's, you know... I, I don't know. Maybe, may, whatever. Let's. Maybe I'm underselling it, but if you prisoner dilemmaed right now, like, I think anything, a game within 500, I think I would probably sign up for, because they have. If you look at the schedule, they have winnable games, but then they also have like a couple of brutal road trips. I think anything around 500. If you're a game up, a game down, anything around there is fine. So well, if you offer 12 and 13, I think I'd probably take it. It's setting up nicely for John Morant to come back. Hail the conquering hero. Like, to come save the day, which, if indeed he does, like, that to me, I don't know, I'd much rather have the scenario where the Grizzlies are 20-5 and again without him, and it's a little awkward for a few games, because you will have been 20-5, and and you've given yourself leeway for it to be a little awkward for a few games. That's what they call a cushion, Mark. (laughs) Yes. Um... But for Ja personally and, like, his redemption or whatever you want to call it this season, him coming in and, like— What did they put on the sweatshirts last year? Was it redemption? Yeah, redemption. Him coming back and this team being, like, under 500 and him coming back and then suddenly being— you know, like, and him coming in and playing, like, gangbusters and, like— you want to talk about how do you kind of reverse the negative feelings people, especially outside of Memphis, have towards him quickly— uh, yeah, have that narrative, like where he comes in and saves the day, if you will, as the Gri- Grizzlies are struggling, and then Ja returns, and, like that would real that would be a great. I, if you're talking about like what do the Grizzlies want, what do Ja want, like that would be pretty good. Devil's advocate here, okay. just a second, okay? Because I think I agree with you, but isn't that also setting up a situation where? If you're already a little concerned about stardom going to a player's head and being able to, like, it doesn't that doesn't that put we the are power? Gonna, he is. You're right, but ultimately, like, this is never going to work if John Morant can't handle something like that. Eventually, like, if he can't handle that responsibility, this is never going to work. So I just you just got to put faith that like when it happens again. When like he's faced with these decisions again, he's gonna make some of the he's gonna make the right ones, not the wrong ones, like he has sometimes over the last eighteen months. I think overall, I would sign up for that. Now, I don't want it to be there's seven and what is that seven and eighteen? Yeah, that'd be rough. When that when means, he joins, you don't want it to be. In, you can't. Have, I mean, like seven and eighteen would be a hole that would be really difficult to climb out of the rest of the season. Honestly, anything lower than ten and fifteen, you are putting yourself in a spot where like. Honestly, you're probably playing for the play-in. Well, I was trying to think about that. Remember, last year, it would be interesting to see the last couple of years, no one has really, like, gotten out in front and said, Mm -hmm. come chase us down. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of people don't kind of make their move. I mean, look, you saw what happened to the Lakers last year when they started like that. And then they, they, it took all they had to get up to eighth or whatever it was. Even in, like, a West that was as down as we've seen the West in a long time. And, I, again, I, they, there's a scenario where they start 7-18 and 18 or whatever you described it, and they could 
figure it out, I guess. But like it, it, they'd be in a rough spot there. Like you, you probably want to be ten and fifteen or better. I would say. Okay, so like let's take a look. What was what did we determine the that Pelicans game? It's December what? December nineteenth. December nineteenth. So on December nineteenth of last season, the why is this so difficult? Why is it go fifteenth to okay? Here we go. December nineteenth of last year, the Grizzlies were in first place at nineteen and ten. Okay. Yeah, the week, the season started a week earlier last year. So let's go to I think. yeah that that sounds right. So seven like seventeen. The Pelicans were at seventeen and eight. Where the Pelicans finished eighth? Yeah. Well, they, no, they didn't even make they didn't even make it to the play-in. The Pelicans. They like I thought they lost to the Thunder or whatever. I thought they. Oh, were, you might they, be right. They were in the nine ten yeah, game you're or right. whatever. You're the, right. the, but they kind of tanked because yeah. Zion got hurt. Correct. Zion got hurt and they kind of tanked. And then uh, yeah. But where? What would? Who would be in? Who was in? Who was in like tenth place? Who? What were the ninth, tenth record, tenth place records at that point in the season, December nineteenth? Why does this go back to the freaking Eastern Conference? All right, here we go. I'm trying to figure out around roughly around game twenty five rather than December nineteenth. Yeah. So tenth would have been the Clippers mm-hmm. at fourteen and thirteen. Eleventh was the Warriors. Twelve. Uh, was Oklahoma City? What were the Warriors' record? Thirteen and thirteen. Thirteen and thirteen. Okay. Yeah, the Lakers were ten and fifteen, and then you had Houston in the. Spring. So there you go. Lakers were ten and fifteen and clawed their way back to. Like, that's what I'm talking about. You got to. You probably want to be above like ten and fifteen or better after these twenty five, and you know we'll see. I now think, I, I'm I think also. Do, I think that I'm also. Open. They'll do that. I. Last night, last night should not be an indication. Last night is an indication that they're not going to go twenty and five during this stretch. I don't know if last night is an indication that they're going to go seven and eighteen during this stretch. Yeah, I think that's the way. Like to me, it's all about treading water, and I do think a if I'm if I'm the coaching staff today, my number one concern is we have to figure out how Jaron gets more than nine shots. Five of which were threes. Like that, to me, I think the biggest takeaway from last night is you are not going to win many games when Jaron gives you that, as currently constructed, mm-hmm. when Jaron gives you what he did on the offensive end. And I'm willing to acknowledge from Jaron's perspective, they made it hard on him. Mm-hmm. But that is also what they got to figure it out. They got to figure some things out. And, you know, if the games are going to come fast and furious. And though, I, I mean, let me tell you what. Uh, I'm looking at that second unit. I mean, that second unit is bad in the second quarter. Bad. Because the, what was it, like 32-15 or 32-19, I can't remember what it ended up being. The other thing that stood out was it wasn't like, I didn't even feel like the Pelicans played that well. It's just like the Grizzlies were inept. No, and and the reality is they get the Nuggets on Friday night, which is going to be a bad matchup, not just because the Nuggets are the champions, but like they got Jokic. Uh, And... Then you're going on, the, as you put it, sec, it's the Wizards, but it's second night of a back-to-back, and you're the road team. Correct. Um, then you got Mavericks at home. You know, I mean, like, ultimately, Luka and Kyrie, like, you noticed last night they had some trouble scoring, and they they didn't get up and down like they normally do. And I think that's something Marcus Smart's going to have to adjust. It felt like they it, did not get into transition, but part of them not getting into transition was part of like, 
If you want to talk to me where the rebounding was the problem, yeah, they weren't. That's yeah. what I'll take. Yeah, like I care less about the final numbers because I mm-hmm. think this team's just not going to rebound the way. But they were not able to get a rebound and then get now, going. Now then they play the Jazz and then the Trailblazers twice, but it's on the road. And so, like, can you go two and one in those three road games? Hopefully, maybe. I mean, you would like to say yes, but this no. sometimes what happens when these bad like the, remember the Jazz started out last year pretty decently, and then yeah. Like, my suspicion is you could be looking at, you know, like, I mean, I don't I don't think you can just chalk up a W right now, <laughs> unfortunately. I certainly agree with you on that. Um, you know, I think you better be prepared for, like, you know, there's a chance they could be two and four. I guess kind of my, my natural position, we'll talk to Eric because he's seen way more basketball at this level than we have. My position was if you play like that, you're just not going to win many games. Like, the final numbers, I think they ended up shooting like 41%. But for the most part of the game, I like remember they got made a couple of baskets late, but mm-hmm. for the most part they shot basically 40%. In the last two seasons, when they shoot 40% from the floor, they were 2-13. and 13. Yeah. Like, you're just not going to win many I games think, like that. I think you've talked me into that this was just one But game. the reality is, you can't shoot like that again. Yeah. No, it's not. We are not. This is not the show where we are going to overreact to the first. No, game. We've the never, official stance of this well, show first off, only on Mondays. Only on Mondays. One. It's when it's Thursday. But the official stance of this show is for now. Game one of eighty-two. We I, got eighty-one more. Eric Hasseltine will be on the call. On every single one of them. He's going to join us next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey yeah. on ninety. Mar- uh, he's got a great consecutive game streak. Like let's let's keep it going. Let's go. To- <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Break. Break responsibly. 21. 
Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. For over 46 years, Memphians have trusted Robert Irwin Jewelers to help celebrate their most cherished moments. Find jewelry from Robert Irwin Jewelers is the perfect gift for expressing your love, creating memories, and treasuring, treasuring moments that last a lifetime. Robert Irwin Jewelers has something you'll be proud to give, whether it's $100 or $100,000. They've got the perfect gift idea for your special occasion. Stop in now and experience the Robert Irwin Jewelers way. You can take advantage of the meant-to-be guarantee where you buy your loose diamond and custom-made engagement ring from Robert Irwin Jewelers. And you can have peace of mind because you'll have a full 365 days to return it for the full purchase price. You can also have free ring sizing for life and the diamond trade-up. And don't forget about Robert Irwin Jewelers free jewelry spa service for life. My wife and I took advantage of this with our wedding rings just a couple of weeks ago, and they were looking like new. Whether it's engagements, anniversaries, birthdays, congratulations, I love you, I'm sorry, Merry Christmas, whatever the occasion is, get to Robert Irwin Jewelers because they got something for you. Right now, the 46th anniversary sale is going on where you can save on engagement rings, wedding bands, diamond earrings, diamond pendants, gemstone jewelry, as well as gold chains and bracelets. Robert Irwin Jewelers, bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices, locations in the Memphis area, as well as Little Rock, or you can shop online at rijewelers.com. That music means we welcome to the program Eric Hasseltine, Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network play-by-play host. He joins us now. Eric, was last night troubling or a bad night, in your opinion? Just a bad night. I mean, yeah, obviously you don't want it to go like that, but you went 10 of 40 from three, and one of the best three-point shooters in the world was 0 for 5. Jaron Jackson Jr., who's a 30, you know, 6 to 40% guy, depending on the run he's on, went 0 for 5. Um, other guys missed shots. I mean, you just missed shots. You're 10 for 40. And when you miss shots, they made you pay. We knew the rebounding would be a problem, but the rebounding was only a problem because – more shots than them. That's why the numbers are so skewed. The offensive rebounding numbers were similar, and the times that you got the ball from them instead of a defensive rebound, it usually was on a turnover. They forced turnovers. But when you miss your open looks and you have chances to cut in the leads, and then I thought the one thing that was I wouldn't say troubling because we watch, we've watched this every year with Taylor Jenkins' teams when they're missing guys, is the defensive continuity um, in the beginning of the year is never great. I mean, in the last two, three years, they've started in the bottom third in the first 20 games, and yet they finish in the top three every year. So you always go, well, if you could just start in the top three, you'd be dominant and be the best defensive team in the league. But it takes a minute for guys to get used to it. We saw again last night a little overcommitment to help which, you know, comes from trust, comes from understanding of where guys are going to be um, when you don't overcommit. So I, I, I know everybody's, what was me, the sky is falling. I've heard it all day long, walking around and, you know, Pete talking to people last night, same thing. But I, I think it's more just that was a, a tough matchup with a good team that's healthy, um, that when you're missing four of your main nine guys, it's going to be hard to beat them. Really hard to beat them when you shoot as poorly as the Grizzlies did. So they just shot up. Zaire Williams has been good from three. Didn't make threes either. Like they just sometimes that happens and chalk it up to whatever. It's just tough when it happens on opening night because everybody's so excited and you know it's it's an energized crowd. But I think everybody also knew going in without Adams, without Clark, without Aldama, without Jaw. 
you know, that's a tough task. And I, I don't, I don't think they didn't play hard. I think they got caught, like I said, over committing to help and then missed their open shots. And I'll, I'll give Luke Kennard all five of those looks again tomorrow night, and I, I would bet he makes three or four of them. No, I, I'm with you. I actually even felt like in the second half, I thought they were getting the stops that they needed to get back into the game to kind of flip yeah. it, but the problem was they couldn't go They couldn't go get the makes on the other end. No, not at all. I mean, it was like there was a lid on whatever basket they were shooting at, or the ball was lopsided for the times it was in their hands and wasn't lopsided in the others. I think, you know, some of it then boiled into frustration. And, um, but I mean, look, Jaron Jackson Jr. blocks five shots. I think three or four of them on four of them on Zaire Williamson or Zion Williamson. That was a, that's a, by the way, that matchup is awful for that. Zaire Williamson is an announcer tongue tied in a hurry, and it did last night to me. Twice. I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. Bre- Brevin had the same spot. Like Bre- and then also you had Xavier on the floor. It was like Zion, Xavier, Zaire. Like he, he got tongue-twisted too. It, it, yeah, it's not cool. I don't, I don't appreciate that one bit. They need to, well, they need to fix that. But um, kidding, obviously. I had, I had um, one this no, year. I mean, so look, Macaulay, Macaulay has a bunch of French-Canadians, and so like the whole time I like literally calling their games, like I felt like I was – I literally felt like I was speaking French class again. Not great. <laughs> I get that. That's fun too. Yeah, when you get those, those are uh, those are fun times too. Um, yeah, you know, look again. I understand people are frustrated. I talked to a bunch of people last night, and I get the frustration. I do, but um, you know, be more concerned with the uh, with with the the long term outlook of. You know, what do you do if, if you don't – if these guys are done for the season, what's the – what's the – you know, what's the end What's the end goal? Yeah. Do you go get another big? Do you ride with the bigs you have? What's what's the end goal? What's – are we – are you sacrificing future players to make a run at something this year? Well, let's be honest, without those two guys, it's going to be tough to make a run at it. Those are your two best offensive rebounders, and you're not going to find them floating well, out there well, or on the tr- Well, here's the problem. here's the question I ask with this Eric and the why I think they have to make a move. It's not even about this year. like can you go into next year trusting Steven Adams to be your starting center at this point? I know Probably it's a not. tricky question but like I don't think you can given what he's about to go through and so like I think it's you're going to have to make a move at some point. It doesn't have to be now. You know, but I think you're going to have to make a move at some point because I don't think you can go into next year I don't think you have a long-term starting five right now. Right. No. And look, we don't know how Achilles injuries go either. Yeah. Well, and especially, I I don't, I can't imagine the numbers on a second procedure. Like, I can't imagine that increases it. I think that was, that, yeah, I don't know. We we don't know exactly what happened there. They, they build it as, you know, more like, uh, he chose to do it because he he ultimately chose to do it because it would better his recovery chances, is how they phrased that second surgery for for well, Brandon Clark. So, yeah. However, they phrase it, it means he's not playing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean uh, that is exactly right. It feels less, much less likely that he's going to be available at any point this season. But to your point, I still think you know, like they just got to figure out a way to stay afloat these first twenty five games, and I think they can do that. I, I really do. Well, I think they can do that. It's going to require, you know, obviously better execution on the offensive end. I thought, you know, look, I, I, I just don't see. I, I mean, I, maybe I'm missing something. I, I don't look at 
at X is a viable three point threat. Yeah. And I mean, we said we said the same thing. Like we understand that that he has in theory the, that it makes he has sense. the green light, but at the same time, it's like, isn't that exactly what the Pelicans want? I, I think that's what they were looking for. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody else out there, I, you got to be wary of. But I think they're going to say, if that's the guy that beats us, that's the guy that beats us. And we've seen him make big shots. There's no question. I'm not saying he can't, but I think he's more dangerous, just in my opinion, when he's attacking the basket. And shooting that little, you know, eight to ten foot kind of half hook, and you know, getting offensive rebounds and putting him back up and in. Well, I just don't think he's a stretch the floor type player. But that maybe I'm missing something. I, I don't go to practice. I mean, that's that's part of it. So maybe if I yeah. if I did, and, well, all these guys, if you watch these guys in warmups, they're all good. Like I bet you, if you watch Stephen Adams, I remember last year in the playoffs yeah. when you watch Stephen Adams take three pointers against Air, he's actually pretty like pretty. He's better than most people at shooting three pointers. It's just you know when you're an NBA Aaron in an Goddard. NBA game, it's different. Yeah. It's different. I, I'm curious. You you talked to Taylor last night. I I I asked him last night, and I think he he sort of said this. He sort of didn't. like. I just got the sense watching that game that looked like a team that realized three days ago that they have to figure out a completely different way to play than they were planning to play, and that's why it looked a little disjointed last night because they're like, it's a feeling out process, and oh, by the way, the guy who's playing point guard right now has you know really only spent the last week playing with these guys because he's a new acquisition who was injured most of training camp. Right. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I think there's a lot of validity to that. So, yeah, I mean, that's – the, the, this this didn't ramp up. This wasn't exactly how you wanted it to go. Let's put it that way. There was a lot of there have been a lot of factors that have come into play that you're like, oh, that doesn't help. Oh, that doesn't help. Oh, that's yeah. another bad blow. And that's just the way the, the league works sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know what it can't. What you hope it doesn't do is dissuade people from you know wanting to go to the games and wanting to be a part of what was an incredible atmosphere all year last year. Um, and you hope that, that you know the the players continue to say, "Look, this is just a bump in the road. We'll get through it." You can't let these things take you out of what you're going to do in the long term. And you know, I, 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 it's crazy because you, it's like that Dr Pepper commercial, right? That we've seen. Uh, I made the same joke to my wife last night. She came in during the second quarter and she just said they should just start tanking now. And I literally told her, "I was like, you are the Dr Pepper Fansville commercial right now." Like, right. and I just I'm you waiting know, like, on Bo yeah. Bridges to come out going, guys. It was the first play. Bo Bridges? That's Brian Bosworth, dude. Whatever. Bo Bridges? He looks like Bo Bridges. <laughs> that's, Brian, that's the Boz guy. He looks like that's Bo Bridges. The baddest dudes in the history of college football, albeit uh, chemically enhanced. Uh, I'll say it. Tell that, to, tell that to Bo Jackson. Speaking of Bo's. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I said in college football. I didn't say it in the mm. NFL when Bo Jackson trucked him in the pros and we saw exactly what happened. So, um, no, yeah, you're burning your – pile of jerseys i'm never gonna go to another game again yeah. type thing You're like no 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 come on now let's 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 put this in perspective so well, well i yeah, am cur- the, the problem is oh, go ahead this could pile up quickly yeah. um and not say that they're not good but you get the defending world champions coming in uh mm-hmm. tomorrow you've got a quick turnaround to go to washington dc and the wizards do not play mm. uh tonight or tomorrow Oops. And they are sitting there stinging after giving up 143 to Indiana. So oh, that's boy. not ever good because they're going to want to come out and show their home fans that they're 
Now, to be that's fair, like the, as a as a as a native DC area, as a DC area native, uh, you know, like fans is loose, uh, especially the Wizards games. Very fair weather. Although fan the Caps, base, the, the Caps Wizards aren't good either. Base. Oh, hundred percent. Very no, look, fair been, weather fan I've base. Games in this, I've been going to the games this league in this for twenty years now, and twenty three. I've been calling them, but didn't travel the first three. And Washington's the one place where I go. I don't get it. Like I, I don't get why when they have a really good team and they've had some. Mm-hmm. Why it's still not a great environment. And then what somebody explained to me is you got to realize most people that are around the DC proper area are either, you know, students at Georgetown or diplomats or people that work in politics and sports is not exactly go hand in hand with that. There's you a know, lot of trade. The, the only team, I mean, well, I would honestly, I think the wizards are like literally fourth on pe- the pecking order of pro sports. Oh, in DC. Percent. The not close. are ahead of them. The, the, the Nats, Nationals, and then when they're good, are and the Commanders, or the Commanders. Yeah. yeah, I almost called them the other word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a clear pecking order. Um, now, I will say we haven't talked about it much. I'm curious: were you able to enjoy kind of the pregame stuff? I know you were on air, but like Tony and Zebo introducing the starting lineup. There, there were rumors that Eric was actually glowed up doing the dancing. Oh, really? You yeah. were one of the, you were one of the yeah, fluorescent yeah, dancers. Yeah. I did run down there and put the gloves. No. Yeah. And we had, you know, the Der- Derek Rose leading the team onto the floor as the Memphis Symphony Orchestra, I think, was playing Three Six Mafia. Um, the, condu- yeah, the conductor brought playing, the noise literally that's last that's night. On, but I, I got to see a little bit. Of it. I thought it was great to see Tony and Zach out there together and have them introduce the team. I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, look, th- these are the things you try to do when you're, you're, you know, uh, you know, when you're, you're appealing to your fan base, you go back to the guys that have been two of the most popular guys. I mean, Mark was a very popular player, but let's be honest about it in terms of popularity. I think it's one and one a with Tony and Zach, and you can pick who you, you wanted better, but they, they kind of connected to this city, you know, a little more than Conley and a little more than Gasol did. Although, you know, people love Marcus on people love Mike Conley. And again, I still say one day they'll probably build a statue of the four of them. There's a picture in the hallway of the four of them walking. That'll, that'll probably be the basis for the statue. I don't know that. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't do something like that. I don't know. But they have a special place in everybody's heart. And so I think, I think that's great. I love seeing them around again. I love you know, on Grizzlies night at the Redbirds game, when you go up last year, Zach was signing autographs this year. It's Tony and, you know, seeing them and giving them grief and go, Hey old man, you know, you look like you lost a step type thing. And they all laugh and, you know, cause it's, it, it's the funny thing about sports, you know, it, it is over. It's a wonderful ride, but in terms of the, the time in your life, it is over in the blink of an eye. I mean, these things end so quickly when it comes, when you compare time spent, rooting for teams and players to time being on the planet. I mean, we're going to, this group will have their run and living in the moment. And it's amazing. And four or five or six years from now, when it starts coming to an end, all of a sudden they're going to be the vets. And right now we're looking at them as these young kids and they'll still be young in six or seven years. But the, you know, the odds of the run continuing like that are slim. The only team that's really been pulled that off for long term was San Antonio to an extent until Carl Malone and John Stockton got older. Now, if you can find that group, that's great. That's what you're hoping for. That's, that's the ultimate level of success as a sports franchise. And I think they have the potential for that here, but there's been a couple things as we know that have de- derailed it a little bit. So 
Got to get it back on track. Forget about last night. You just got to get ready for a really, really good Denver Nuggets team that is, you know. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.